Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But guys, if you ask me, this is the first family of football. But I think it's on us now to take this time, take a deep breath, take out emotion, identify what the problems are, and then use this offseason to fix it. And that's on me. Like, I get it. Like, it's on me to supply better players to our coaching staff to win games. It's Hall Arkish and Arthur Arkish on 670 The Score. We need to do everything we can to get this thing right. We're going to exhaust ourselves. And it's a production-based business. So what the only thing we can do, and y'all have heard me say this all year long, is you, you figure out solutions and you find the answers. They are the Arkishes. It's not getting better than this. Oh, I'm sure it could get better, but we're going to make it as good as we can for you tonight. If you are here for a little Chicago Bears therapy, uh, if you need a group session, uh, if we need to talk this thing out, that is what we are going to do tonight. I am Hub Arkish. Arthur Arkish is alongside. Um, we were obviously uh, available participants listening, watching to the press conference held today by the Chicago Bears. Um, participants there included also George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy. We're sure that you've probably heard a little bit about it by now. It was announced uh, formally that both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will be back for the 2021 season. Nothing real shocking about that. Um, unfortunately, other than making that clear, uh, the press conference, or at least the first half, about 41 minutes with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, spent a fair amount of time off the rails, uh, so to speak, um, with a little more normal and footballish when we got to the second half, uh, which was 43 minutes with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Uh, and yet Ryan didn't do himself a bunch of favors either uh, with the way he answered some questions and his decision not to answer uh, a number of other questions. It's complicated, guys, and uh, a lot of different ways to get into this and break it down. Uh, Arthur and I will be taking your calls all night long at 312-644-6767. You can also, of course, text us, and you would do that in the uh, text zone, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios right now. We will also be joined around 6.30 by Patrick Finley, the Bears beat reporter of the Chicago Sun-Times. Our very own 6.70, the score Bears beat reporter, Mark Grody, will be here at 7.20 in the 7 o'clock hour at 8 o'clock. Big Ant, Anthony Heron, who co-hosts the post-post game show after every Bears game, along with Olin Krutz, is going to stop by. So we are going to spend the next four hours figuring out how we break this all down for you, how we make sense of it, what are the positives, what are the negatives, where do the Chicago Bears go from here. And again, most important to us is hearing what you think, um, answering whatever questions you may have. So give us a call, 312-644-6767. We are looking forward to visiting 
let me now welcome in my co-host, Arthur Arkish. And Arthur, I noticed you were doing a little bit of tweeting uh, during the course of the presser. It, it, it was really, I, I mean, I don't want to get too goofy here, but at times it almost felt to me like a little bit of an out-of-body experience just in that, that things weren't making a lot of sense. It just weren't adding up uh, in, in some of the answers that we got and in some of the answers that we couldn't get uh, and in some of the rationale that was offered as to where the Bears organization is at. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was only tweeting, so not uh, asking questions and not uh, on deadline right afterwards. So it was a, a different kind of uh, perspective, I suppose. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in, in, in kind of being as confounded as you appear to be and or sound. And I'm sure many Bears fans are tonight. So let me just say first, it is a pleasure to get to kind of talk through it with you and all the listeners. And then you could start and... <laughs> a million different directions, but I guess it is at least fair hub to point out that, uh, that, that bears brass wasn't winning this press conference. Uh, as soon as of course the, the news leaked out last night, that it was going to be the status quo, uh, with the Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace regime. So, uh, I don't think there was really much that we were going to say that, that would placate, uh, the fans and, and make them feel better about things. Uh, but you'd hope to not hear about, uh, how the Bears have basically everything right uh, in the building except for the winning and quarterback part um, and just all the non-answers and, and seemingly uh, really just not having a lot of solutions, it would seem at least now three days removed uh, from the playoff loss to kind of figure out why, you know, running this back with the same guys is going to uh, is going to lead to any different results than we've seen each of the, of the past two seasons, which, of course, have been lackluster. You know, Arthur, I really think part of the frustration of today, though, was that uh, I felt it was really to George McCaskey and Ted Phillips's advantage that this news. And again, I, you know, it's hard to call it news. I've been telling people for six weeks this is the way it was going to go. It was somewhat predictable. Uh, if you've covered the Bears organization, uh, if you know the players involved and, you know, I'm not going to be shy about it. I never have before. I agree with the decision. I, I, I think that when you put all the facts on the table, when you sort out all the pros and cons, all the positives and negatives, uh, I would have done the same thing, brought Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace back for at least one more season. But I would have handled it so very differently. And I just think it was really, in some respects, to uh, the, the advantage, or could have been to the advantage of George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, that it was leaking out everywhere last night because it gave them time to prepare to present it in a, in a positive light. To, to, they knew what the questions were going to be, to have thought through the answers, to, to make your case as to why we think this is the right decision. And, and I think the real frustration at the end of the day is that they just didn't really make the case. Yeah, that makes sense when you put it that way. But then, as you said, I mean, to, to come off so seemingly ill-prepared or just not, uh, I don't know, concerned enough about the answers they were going to have, you know, have to have today to explain the decision-making process, whichever one it was, uh, it wasn't a good look, as you said, uh, unfortunately for, for George and Ted. I mean, uh, again, we could go so many different directions, but I know Bears fans didn't want to hear about how extraordinary Ted Phillips has been uh, and, and, and what a leader he's been during the pandemic. And, and granted, credit the Bears for the way they got through the pandemic with all the off-the-field stuff, with uh, staying as healthy as, the, as they were able to, and, uh, and all the unforeseen obstacles that went into that. 
Um, but I just, to pat each other on the back the way it, it almost felt, and then, gosh, we'll get into uh, how, you know, snapping out of that six-game skid was really the greatest achievement for this franchise in years, apparently. Uh, it just, it was tone deaf, uh, at, at least, and, uh, and, and just really, really alarming as far as trying to now figure out what's on the both short and near, excuse me, short and longer term horizon for these Bears, uh, you know, for their fans at worst. You know, Arthur, it's interesting that you go there with Ted uh, because it, it, it is a pivotal point in all this, and it is one area where I do not think the organization is being treated fairly and where it is the fan base that is wrong. Um, the pandemic has ruined the lives of all of us. Uh, you know, it, it's, not, it's not like it was harder on the Bears or the NFL than it was on anybody else. But that's not the prism you need to view it through. Uh, you know, as we evaluate what the league, what each team, what each coach and GM and player accomplished this year, you still have to include the, the, the handicaps and, and, and the special challenges and the difficulties that they faced. And it, it, it bothers me when fans refuse to acknowledge it and just throw it off as it was the same for everybody. That's not the point, okay? The, the point is that, that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were asked to make significant improvements in the football team and then given no opportunity to do it when they lost the entire off-season, exhibition season, training, you know, I mean, OTAs, minicaps, they, they had nothing. You know, they showed up in, in August with exactly where they left in January and they were supposed to be better. Uh, and so they had to overcome that, okay? And, and it was unlikely that they were going to be able to. Um, but, but they also, in spite of that, they didn't get worse. You know, they, they didn't let things become more difficult. And, and so I, I just think people need to give everybody in the NFL credit for what they accomplished in pulling off the season and, and, and working under extremely difficult circumstances. And we'll get in tonight to, to some of what those circumstances are, because again, it's obvious to me that a lot of fans just don't understand it. But when you talk to players and you talk to coaches and not just bears, the people I talk to all over the league, they all say the same thing. You have no idea how difficult, how complicated this all was. And, and so that had to be a factor. And, and so I, I don't have an issue with George crediting Ted Phillips as the president and CEO of the organization for shepherding the team through that, I think he's entitled to credit for that. I, I also get frustrated when people just want to make Ted the villain and, and blame everything on him because he's not a football guy, when in fact the main you know, responsibilities of his job as president and CEO is to run the business. It's to make money. It's to keep the organization functioning. There's a lot of things that Ted Phillips does well for the Chicago Bears, and he's such a polarizing figure. I, I don't think he's treated fairly most of the time, but one of the reasons for that is when it comes to separating the football operation from the business operation, and the football operation is the only one that interests the fans. They don't care about the business. They don't care how much money the McCaskies make, nor should they. And I don't think the media cares that much about that either. All of our focus is on the football side. And, and George McCaskey is the chairman of the board. He tries to separate Ted Phillips out from the football side and, and say at one point he said the idea that, that Ted or I meddle in the football operation is absurd. And then in the next breath, he's saying, but Ted is somebody he's talking to about the decisions to, to retain his two top football people. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> and that's where they, Ted keeps getting into trouble. And quite frankly, George kind of puts him in trouble with that. 
Yeah, and, and, and credit to you. I know it was you specifically who asked the question uh, to George, who are you conferring with? Who has been uh, your you know sounding board, has helped you reach these conclusions over these past couple days? Uh, you know, of which George called vigorous on multiple occasions and everyone says uh, was so productive in the building uh, as things were quiet and we were waiting to hear uh, on what direction this thing was going. So, um, yeah, I mean, if there's no one else there, I mean, obviously there's the, you know, the, the board members, but uh, it did create a little bit of gray area. And then, of course, you know, again, I mean, I say what you will about Ted separating the football and the business, but then you get into talking about the culture and the winning and everything. And, uh, and when the two things that matter the most, as you just alluded to, to the fans uh, winning in the quarterback situation, and you say, well, those parts aren't right, but everything else, we're the envy of the league. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but uh, a lot of talk about this culture, uh, a lot of talk uh, about getting out of a, a losing streak that a lot of teams avoided getting into uh, at all this season. And just, I just don't think that it really was the right tone um, today and, and as organized and providing as many potential solutions as fans wanted to hear about as we were led to believe that was being discussed so vigorously over the past couple of days. They came to the table basically with nothing today. You know, Arthur, there's one other piece that, that we have to get to before we take our first break because it was another hot button and highlight of, of the whole session today. Uh, and again, I ended up in the middle of it. It was not my intent, nor surprise, do I. Surprise, surprise. Well, I mean, I, you know, just, it's, it's just the way it worked out. Somebody had I'm to do it. Kidding. And, and yeah. uh, Potsy tried to help with it, too. Um, but it is, you cannot convince anyone that the length of time left under contract for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy doesn't have something to do with this decision. It has to have something to do with this decision. Now, I, I don't believe for a minute that that they made this decision because they didn't want to have to pay him if they fired him. I, I, the rap on the Bears for being cheap is untrue. It's inaccurate. It's stupid. People should have put it away 20, 30 years ago. They won't do it, so fine. Go ahead and live with it if you want to. But But I don't believe money had anything to do with this situation. But what is pivotal in this situation is there is a belief in professional sports, more in the NFL than any other sport, that lame duck coaches and GMs are doomed to failure. It's not necessarily true. It's not that unusual in baseball or, or the NBA for, or for a coach or a GM to go into the last season of his contract without a new deal. But in the NFL, it's considered to be a really bad idea because the concern is that decisions will be made uh, for short-term success that could leave the organization in much worse shape for the long term if they don't work out. And so... All we need to know to evaluate the performance of these guys going forward and to, and to judge them fairly is, are they lame ducks? Are they in the last year or not? When do their contracts expire? The, not only the length of every player's contract, but the dollars, the terms, everything is available on the internet for anybody who wants to find it. But for some reason, we don't get that information on coaches and GMs. And most teams... Just tell you, you know, it's not that hard to figure out. But for about five, six, seven weeks now, people have started to ask this question. There's been confusion about whether or not Nagy and Pace's contracts expire this year or next year. And there is one school of thought that somehow Matt ended up with a year more than Ryan. We, we just don't know. And, and so uh, I think it was I think it was Potsy who asked 
uh, Ted or somebody asked Ted Phillips in the first session, and he actually got testy about it. Like, you know, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about it. It's not relevant. Clearly, it is relevant, okay? He didn't want to answer. I don't know why, but I figured, okay, there's another way to get at it. So we're talking to Ryan and, and Matt, and, and I explained to Ryan that the reason I was asking is I, I don't want to know his personal business. I don't care how much money he makes, but we can't, you know, report on you and evaluate you accurately without knowing, are you a lame duck or not? You know, so would you mind telling us? And, and he basically said, yeah, I'd mind. I'm not going to tell you. He didn't say it in those words. I'm just paraphrasing. And he, and he gave a strange explanation about it's somehow being selfish to focus on contracts um, and, and nobody should do it. And, and, and there's a reason that information isn't out there, at which point I had to reply, you know, Ryan, with all due respect, we do know every single player's contract terms. And, and, and again, I don't want to know what you're making. I just want to know when your contract expires. And he went back to it's selfish to focus on that when in fact, no, it has nothing to do with that. And, and I cannot understand for the life of me why the Bears are treating this like some you know, CIA classified secret. I, I don't understand what, what the point of going out of their way not to let anybody know when these contracts expire is. It was a totally bizarre exchange today, no doubt about it. Uh, Ted first saying, I believe you're right to Potsy that it doesn't pertain to today's discussion, which of course uh, the entire discussion was supposed to be about the performance of the GM and head coach. So you'd think that the length of their contracts is relevant. Um, and then we should say for sure that Ted did pace no favors, of course, by his non-answer uh, that uh, allowed Ryan to be asked and to have a follow-up occur and then to still get no answers. Uh, and it seemed pretty clear, Hub, that Ryan was kind of confused between speaking, he was kind of talking um, through his own uh, impression or that it would be selfish for him to be worried about that. But of course, that's not what you're trying to get at. You just want the length of the contract. And then the much more important point here that I know we're going to get to all throughout the evening uh, is that it, it wholly affects how you are going to uh, construct the roster, how big a chances you are going to take. You don't have to worry about your potential successor uh, you're all in. Uh, I think we at least were able to kind of gather that much from today. Uh, and then Ryan said he is always looking ahead with every decision he makes, and it's always in the best interest of the franchise. And while that sounds great, and you would hope that that is true, uh, the aggressive, um, the aggressive reputation that he has earned here in six years doesn't necessarily align with those responses we heard. All right, guys, we're going to take our first commercial break here. When we get back, we'll get to some calls. We're going to visit with Pat Finley of the Sun-Times. We're going to spend the evening trying to figure out what is going on with the Chicago Bears, what comes next. Uh, we should add, in case you didn't hear it last night, it was confirmed today. We've received a statement from Chuck Pagano. He is retiring from the National Football League. The Bears will immediately begin a search for a new defensive coordinator. We also were not able to get any information on whether that search will start internally or externally uh, but it wasn't really the focus of today so I'm not going to be too hard on him for that I do want to say that that you know guys I have been doing this for a long long time and I can count on on one hand the number of guys who I have found more impressive uh, more accomplished and, and just uh, to be better people than, than Chuck Pagano and so uh, certainly want to wish Chuck nothing but the best in his retirement congratulate him uh, on an outstanding career and we do hope that this decision is everything that he wants it to be for him and his family we'll take this quick commercial break and then we're back with more right here at the score 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. For whatever reason, there's some confusion about how much time remains on your contracts. And you know, I don't want to get into your personal business, but it's pretty well established in this business that managers might have acted or worked differently depending on whether they're in the final year of deals, how much time they have left to, to, to go. So I, I wonder, and it makes it really hard for us to report accurately and fairly without understanding what might be causing some of these decisions. So I'm wondering if you'd mind sharing with us how much time you do have left on your contract. You know, Hub, I, I, I respect the question and I totally get why you're asking it, but it's no different than player contracts. We don't, I mean, and for us, honestly, the, the entire focus, and you got to believe me when I say this, the whole focus is on getting this team right. Hub Arkush and Arthur Arkish on 670 The Score. Yeah, that was the question that I made reference to. Uh, and, and I was forced to follow up again by pointing out to Ryan that, in fact, we do know uh, the term of every single player in the league's contract, uh, but it was going nowhere. And again, guys, it's not the most important thing in the world, but that is exactly the point. So why is it top secret? What is it uh, about this particular question uh, that, as I said earlier, when, when asked about it in his session, Ted Phillips actually got a little testy about it. And then Ryan just wasn't going to answer it. And I actually posed the question to both guys and, and Matt didn't attempt to answer. He took Ryan's non-answer as that's the end of the conversation. So clearly, uh, there has been an edict in, in, in this organization that the, that the public is not to know, you know, when their contracts expire and, and I'm just not sure what the reason is for it. Arthur, am I missing something? I mean, I, I, I've given and I can give even more reasons why it is valuable to know as analysts, as media, as fans, what reason is there not to let it be public? <laughs> uh, I don't think you're missing anything. Uh, someone must be, uh, I don't know, missing the importance uh, of keeping these things uh, under lock and key because I don't think it makes any difference. I, I understand that even less and far less than uh, the kind of, you know, the, the, the secrecy of injuries on a week to week basis. This is just totally different. You wouldn't think there's any competitive advantage. Like I said, before the breakup, uh, Ryan Pace is, has a well-earned reputation already in six years as one of the NFL's more aggressive general managers. So I kind of, uh, shudder to think about how much more that would get ratcheted up if he was in fact in a, a lame duck must prove it year. So, uh, anyway, yeah, it was, it was silly. And, and frankly, he never should have been put in that spot in my opinion. Because uh, Ted could have very easily answered that and avoided that uh, cluster. No, you you are absolutely correct about that. I, I mean, you know, you, you're bringing these guys back, and you're putting them on the firing line, and then you know you, you set them up for moments like that where you know they're going to look bad. It should have been answered by Ted when the question was asked. There's no excuse for not answering it, and 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 my guess is that. It's not a guess. I'm not letting it go. And I suspect the rest of the media isn't either. It's going to continue to be a question uh, as the season goes on. Let's get one caller in before we visit with uh, Pat Finley of the Sun-Times. Tim is out in Schaumburg. Tim, how are you doing tonight? Oh, great. This is Ken. Yes? Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. No, no problem. It's it's, it's my fault. Uh, uh Arthur, I'm a big fan of the duo. I, I just wanted to uh, call in and ask one thing. Uh, Mitch isn't the answer. We know he isn't the answer. So in free agency and the draft, 
is trading up is the, is, is the answer, then trading up is the answer. With whom you know, we know who who's calling the shots with Nagy and and uh, and Pace, you know. So we got to give them another shot. And um, who do you see in free agency and possibly trading up to get a number one uh, to get a first year starter? Or uh, we know Foles is the backup. So who do you serve? Okay, I, I don't think trading up is an option at all. Because quarterback is not your only need. Uh, you know, if you're going to trade up again and give up valuable draft capital for a quarterback who almost certainly is not going to help you in 2021 when Ryan and Matt are trying to save their jobs, uh, you're going to eliminate the ability to add the premier left tackle that you need, uh, probably a couple tackles. You got to have a number one wide receiver if you don't re-sign Allen Robinson. You got to find more pass rush somewhere. You need depth at running back. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you don't have a starting safety if you can't re-sign Tayshawn Gibson. I think the last thing, Arthur, that they can afford to do is even think about trading up again uh, this season. I, I think the answer is that they're going to go through the offseason with Nick Foles penciled in as the starting quarterback and probably bring in a veteran backup. I think they will draft a quarterback, but I think it'll be day two or day three with the hope that he becomes the developmental guy. Yeah, it's uh, as bleak as that sounds. It's hard for me to disagree with kind of the, the situation we're looking at right now, Hub. I mean, uh, I think the callers know the names. You know, Dak Prescott, of course, going to be the crown jewel of the free agent QB class. It gets pretty... Uh, it gets pretty sparse pretty shortly thereafter. Philip Rivers uh, it will be out there, but then you quickly get to guys like Mitch Trubisky and, uh, and down the list, Jameis Winston. So uh, I don't know. I wouldn't think they're going to trade up everything either, but I'll tell you what, if Ryan Pace feels emboldened and he doesn't know if he's going to be back in 2022, why not back up the Brinks truck for Dak Prescott or trade up and, and keep spending more of these uh, precious resources to try and solve the most important position? I'm not predicting it, but I'm not sure we can entirely rule that out either. Well, I mean, my answer, Arthur, is you don't do it because it doesn't leave you the assets to fix everything else that is broken and you're going to lose your job. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe maybe you do fix the quarterback thing for the long range, but you don't win enough this year to save your job. And God knows I wouldn't even think about Dak Prescott because I'm not convinced he's the answer, period. Uh, let's go out to the Alpamani Nissan hotline, our guest hotline. Visit Alpamani Nissan on North Avenue in Melrose Park or apnissan.com. We welcome in Patrick Finley, the beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, the Bears beat reporter, I should say. Pat, uh, we got to stop meeting like this. It seems like just yesterday, because it was, that you visited with us uh, here on the show. Uh, We didn't know at the time that the press conference would take place today, and we certainly didn't know that it would become uh, the hot-button act that it became. Uh, So let's start right there. What were your takeaways what was your initial reaction to all that went on today i wasn't good <laughs> i can tell you that it wasn't good uh george mccaskey came out and said essentially i'm doing this because i believe in these guys uh and he said over and over again that he knew it was unpopular it was as though he told bears fans <laughs> you know i know you're going to throw grenades at me i you know we know that you're mad but we don't care because this is what we want to do. And I think that's okay if that comes with consequences for George, if it fails, or if that comes with consequences for Ted, if it fails. But neither of them were in any real hurry to put their butts on the line 
today when explaining what might happen if things go wrong. Um, this isn't that different than what I think you and I presumed would happen, which is, you know, they come out and do something that they wanted to do all along, which was keep these two guys who they like a lot. Uh, but their messaging and the way they explained it and the way they admitted that last season wasn't good enough but said that they really weren't going to do anything about it, um, I didn't think was a very good look for them. Hey, Pat, uh, I'm surprised that we've managed to get 35 minutes in, or Hub and I have, without even mentioning this, but I think it speaks to kind of what a, a bit of a train wreck that was to watch today. However, one takeaway, maybe not officially, unofficially, it sure felt like uh, that the kind of the direction things are leaning is Mitch Trubisky not being back and uh, his Bears tenure having run its course. Uh, Can you just kind of speak to that, if that was the impression you had, and then bigger picture, because obviously everyone just wants to talk about the quarterback. Was there anything you heard that was satisfying, anything regarding the the collaborations that they're so excited about or that they've learned from previous mistakes uh, to have a chance to get it right next time? No, because they've been collaborating for a while now, and uh, and that hasn't produced a great quarterback. I agree with you. I think the odds of Mitch returning aren't very good, and I, I can tell you this. You know, in the first or at the end of the second quarter against the Saints, they've got the ball at the 18-yard line with a minute 58 to play. The Saints have one timeout, and the Bears are down four. Uh, Matt Nagy distrusted his quarterback so much that he handed off three times and punted and went to the locker room. And you know what? It was the right decision to make. That is damning of Ryan Pace. It's damning of the situation that got Mitch Trubisky uh, in this, you know, as their starter. Um, You know, when that happened, you sit there and go, how can they function like this during the course of a 16-game season next year? Um, You know, it's not lost on me that – you know, Matt Nagy's the one who took Mitch Trubisky out in the middle of the game, presumably without consulting Ryan Pace. <laughs> it's Matt Nagy who stuck with Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles wasn't particularly good uh, for the middle part of the season against some really good defenses. Um, and that Nagy put Trubisky back in only when he really had no other options. Um, I think it would be good for Mitch if he went somewhere else. I think it would be good for Nagy if he had somebody else. And, you know, I heard you guys talking quarterback situations earlier. Do we think Sam Darnold is better than Mitch Trubisky? And if we do, is he worth the second-round pick, maybe? You can go get that right tackle or left, or that left tackle in the first round, get Sam Darnold in the second, maybe retain Allen Robinson. Uh, that might be the direction I would look if I were them. Well, it, it certainly is interesting. But, you know, Pat, that, that goes to this other – tome that we keep hearing all over the city is that how can you let Ryan Pace pick another quarterback at all? You know, and um, I hear what you're saying. Darnold, you know, certainly is an interesting prospect. Certainly Adam Gase screwed him up pretty badly uh, in New York. Uh, The Jets are actually at this point still saying that, that he's not available. I don't know that Justin Fields uh, becomes a better prospect, uh, uh, you know, than Darnold, but do you really want to give away another second round pick? I mean, you know, part of how you got in trouble like this in the first place is all the high picks that you've given away the last few years. I think it scratches two itches. I think number one, it's a win now move, which they obviously need to do. They don't want somebody who's never played an NFL game and shoot guys in the case of some of these quarterbacks in college, somebody who had played, you know, five or fewer college games this year, uh, controlling their fate 
And Darnold is still young enough. What is he, guys? Maybe 24, maybe late 23s, early 24. He's a kid. And you can sell that as a move that is both for the present and the future if you think he's good. Uh, you know, he's got, the, he's got some pedigree. Like you said, Hubby, he was in a bad situation. Those are good opportunities to buy low if you can. Um, that would be – that interests me more than whatever the middle tier of veteran quarterbacks would be and more than drafting um, somebody unless you're really in love with Mac Jones or somebody who might actually be there at 20. Well, Pat, let, let me follow up real quick before Arthur jumps in, though, because I'm curious – are you of the of the mind that, that they are not considering Nick Foles as the starter for next year? Um, I would not consider Nick Foles as the starter. I, you, I just you might not, but do you think they would? <laughs> well, they're stuck with them. I mean, I mean, and, and let's be real here. You know, there are kind of two ways to go in this direction. I mean, I mean, the money is guaranteed. The only way Nick Foles doesn't play for them next year is if Nick Foles retires. You know, if you don't plan on playing Nick Foles, maybe you tell him this offseason and wonder whether that might push him in some direction or not. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what veteran quarterback they could bring in that would automatically lose that starting job to Nick Foles. I mean, if you're going to give up assets for somebody, uh, he better be able to win that job. I, you know, I, I just think that Foles, if you look at his career, is just – he, he's got the stat line of a, of a backup quarterback who's good in spurts. And, you know, you saw that again this year. And I don't think he is the answer with a capital A. And I think if you can find somebody that's closer to that this offseason, you've got to do it. Well, I'm certainly with you there, Pat. And I, I certainly would uh, – I think that Sam Darnold even today is a better prospect than what we've seen from both of them uh, in the NFL than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so I like the idea of that. I do have a few concerns. I'm not sure he's, you know, would be heading to a markedly improved sort of surrounding cast. And uh, I don't think there's a ton of evidence here to suggest that the incumbent coaches uh, uh, are going to be able to maximize him despite, you know, what we've heard or what we were listening to all day uh, regarding the, the confidence, however unfounded, that they're going to get it right. So uh, it is an interesting idea. I like that it's creative and that you don't have to spend a ton and that you do uh, somehow manage to maintain that first-round pick. So I'm sure it's going to be discussed uh, a lot more um, most definitely. Pat, I heard you mention uh, on the Zoom today you had asked both Matt Nagy uh, and Ryan Pace about having to uh, select another defensive coordinator, hire another defensive coordinator. Um, your, your thoughts on Pagano moving on, how they go about replacing him, and, and how attractive this job is relative to two years ago, as you mentioned today. I think, I, I think that most defensive guys would look at this job and, and, and see it for what it is, which is the fact that there is a, you know, an, an okay chance that it's a one-and-done one situation. If things go poorly next year, I think everybody gets fired. And that's the case the staff get fired too. Uh, that said, you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Kyle Fuller, and you've got Eddie Jackson, and you've got Roquan Smith, and you might have Akeem Hicks, and there's some really good talent on this defense, and most jobs that pop open like this don't have that. So it's not as attractive as it was two years ago uh, when Chuck took over. Um, and, you know, everybody's older and not and, and just not as explosive as they were in the unit itself isn't as good. Um, you know, I, I wonder, I think the Bears need to be careful uh, in, in who they in who they look at. Um, you know, I don't know, and I'd be curious, to, I'd be curious what you guys think. 
do you think that having to bring in four or five new position coaches on the defensive side of the ball for the second time in three years is beneficial to any of those veterans? Or, or do you think that uh, if you hire somebody from outside the building, you need their, you need them to agree to at least keep some of these guys? Well, I, I, you know, I would think that somebody coming from outside the building into the situation that you talked about, a potential one and done, but also loaded with talent, might see the benefit of keeping some of these guys. I, I, I mean, I think Jay Rogers has done an outstanding job. I, I'm not even sure that he wouldn't be a candidate for the coordinator job. Uh, I really like what Deshae Townsend did uh, with the young cornerbacks this year. Um, you know, so so those are two guys right off the bat uh, that I would hope you know would would get real consideration. And I'm not belittling the the other position coaches. Um, you know, DeLeon's done a really nice job uh, with the inside linebackers as well. So um, I, I think probably Pat, that depends on whether this new defensive coordinator is a veteran, you know, who's comfortable in his own skin, who's already had some success, he might be more likely to keep some of these assistants than if you try and go for the next big young gun out there. Uh, the other thing that occurred to me is, do you look for a Vic Fangio disciple when you see the success that Brandon Staley had this year with the Rams? Yeah, yeah, that, you know, that's a good question. And, and, you know, to your point about Jay Rogers, I think the biggest argument against Jay Rogers, the defensive coordinator, is he's just too good at what he does now and you have to wonder whether the bears would be comfortable taking him out of this situation he's in where he is just a magnificent teacher of the position he's somebody that gets stars to get better and gets nobodies to turn into starters and gets everybody paid <laughs> he gets big money for for the nick williams's of the world and the roy roy robertson harris is going to be on that list this offseason mario edwards may be on that list this offseason He's just so good at, at defensive line that I wonder whether they would uh, – I wonder how comfortable they would be having him do something differently. And, and you're right. I mean, to the point about scheme and about who you could bring in, remember when Chuck came in, Chuck said, I'm not going to change much because this, t- this defense is just so good. You know, I'll have to adjust myself. I, I'm curious whether the Bears are seeking any sort of scheme change or whether uh, if you bring somebody in, they got to do – roughly uh, what Vic had done a couple of years ago and what Chuck had done the last two years. And if so, that's where a Vic disciple might make sense. Pat, I think the Brandon Staley uh, story is the cautionary tale for the Bears to promote Jay Rogers. I really do. Um, and I hear what you're saying about him being so good as a position coach. But if you look at the guy who has consistently gotten the most from the least over the past handful or, you know, multiple, obviously, regimes here, it is Jay Rogers. So I think he would definitely be up to the job. And then just following up on the coach, I, I hope we have time for me to ask this real quick. Uh, is, is someone asked if there was going to be more coaching turnover. I believe it was Bigsy asked Nagy if he was going to have the ability to roll over some of the other assistant contracts. Well, for a second, I flashed back to last year and him saying they haven't made any decisions. And then Mark Helfrich <laughs> and Ari Heestand are out five minutes after the press conference ends. But I am wondering literally. whether you're... Quite literally, yes. Yeah, right, right. So I do wonder just uh, if you do expect any other changes um, other than obviously Chuck Pagano heading off to retirement. I do. Matt has given the uh, the vague but foreboding, hey, uh, this time of year, as you know, uh, there's lots of changes and with good reason. He said that today and he said a version of that um, sometime, uh, I guess, maybe Friday, Thursday, Friday, or no, Sunday after the game. Uh, so he's hinted that there will be change. You know, we all know this, that 
you know, rarely does the coaching staff remain intact from year to year. But, uh, yes, I do think that there will be some changes. I'd be curious to see if any of those are on the offensive side of the football, uh, given that they just turned that staff over for the most part uh, last year. Pat, we're going to have to run. I'm really late getting to a break, but i got to ask you one more quick one if I can. Did we learn anything about what we think happened with Allen Robinson and what is likely to happen with Allen Robinson going <laughs> forward today? I, I think Ryan – I mean, Ryan Pace – What I, the way I heard what Pace said was that Pace isn't afraid to use the franchise tag on him. That's obviously a negotiating ploy to try to get the number that the Bears would like. I, I just get back to this in the hub. I think you agree. They would be such fools to let him walk for no, for nothing. I just I, they can't be in the business of letting talent get away like that. And uh, you know, if that takes the franchise tag, it sounds like at least you know in January publicly, Ryan Pace hasn't ruled that out yet. Pat, they need to upgrade the wide receiver position if Allen Robinson is here. You know, the, the, yeah. idea, the idea of where they're at without him is. Anthony, it, it, do you think Anthony is Anthony Miller going to play another snap for them? And I ask this genuinely. You know, I, I think he might only because I thought that Javon Wims should have been cut before the final gun of the first Saints game, and he wasn't. <laughs> and Anthony Miller is a much more valuable asset, you know, and he's also in the final year of that rookie deal. Um, I, I, I certainly wouldn't argue if he was let go, but but the, the teasing, you know, exceptional talent is still there. And again, mm-hmm. with the uncertainty that you've got right now, how do you let a decent wide receiver get away? Because he just betrayed you on in the biggest moment of your season. I mean, yeah. And then we could have a whole argument about if Javon Wims had actually uh, been cut after his suspension, would Anthony Miller have thrown that punch? I think that's uh, another interesting rabbit hole, but uh, you guys have got a commercial <laughs> to worry about. Well, uh, we, more than we, have, rambling. we have another more topic ra- to discuss. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, we have one more rabbit hole. Would, it, would the game have gone differently if Javon Wims doesn't put a touchdown on the ground? You know, so. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. somebody else. Yep. Yeah, no, the whole thing is uh, is quite a mess right now, and not a lot of it got straightened out for us today. Uh, but, Pat, we'll keep trying. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, I got a hunch we haven't had our last Zoom of this offseason yet, uh, so we'll be seeing you real soon, and I know that we'll be having you back here regularly for your outstanding take on the Chicago Bears. That is Pat Finley, the beat reporter for the Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. We're going to take a very quick commercial break. When we get back, your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Got about a half-hour window here uh, without guests, so we're going to get to everybody. Line them up, 312-644-6767 on the BetQL listener line. We are back in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 